Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending where in the world you are listening to this podcast from. Welcome to episode five. How's your week been? Mine's been really good, thanks for asking. Uh, what have I been up to? So I have put some more meetings in up in town with event companies, been sending emails out, I've been getting more inquiries for events, had a really good chat on Clubhouse the other day, collaborating with people about events that are coming up, like real events, like where we can actually talk to people and not for a second go, you're on mute or can you repeat that or whatever. So that's really exciting. Uh, Instagram magic. As you know, a while ago I did a trick a day for 30 days, which is really good fun, but I hate Instagram, not Instagram, I hate like Zoom magic. It doesn't work for me because there's no audience interaction in that context. However, I tried an Instagram live the other day, ended up doing about an hour. There was a slight issue with Instagram allowing me to do it on my account, so I kind of jumped into someone else's. So I'm going to be doing more of those, and it's a really nice way of getting people up on stage because you can now have three extra people. So that's coming. I've worked out the setup I need. So go and follow me on Instagram to search for Magic Man London. And uh, yeah, sometimes I'll just pop on and do a bit of a show, but I'm also planning on doing some. In this week's episode, I'm going to go over some of the stories that I did in the early episodes, just in case you missed them. So here comes episode five of Magic Talks. Welcome to Magic Talks, hosted by Magic Man London. Magic Talks, Magic Man London. Magic Story of the Week. So the first story originates in Dublin. I was flying over to do a hen party, uh, which are always great fun. Now, one of the tricks I do involves me being handcuffed and them taking a pack of cards out of my pocket and everything like that. Uh, me trying to shuffle, them choosing a card, and by the time they put the card back in, I shuffle, but the handcuffs are off. It's a really nice effect. Uh, don't do it as often as I should, because it's kind of safe for hen parties. Otherwise, you've got to explain why you've got a pair of handcuffs. Anyway, I digress. Going down, like, around the centre of Dublin is a massive river uh, with railings along the side to stop anyone falling in. No, no one falls in, don't worry, it's better than that. Uh, I'm walking down, and all of a sudden I hear this clicking sound, like... I was like, I know what that sound is. That's the sound of handcuffs being locked. And I turn around, and one of the bridesmaids has taken the handcuffs out my back pocket, because they're only in there, like, loosely, so I can get access to them quickly. And they've handcuffed the bride to the railings by the river. And uh, I turned around and went, that's interesting. I'm like, why is that interesting? I went, um, who did that? And she went, I did, it's good fun, can you take them off? <laughs> and I went, no. She went, why not? I said, I don't have the key. So like, what do you mean you don't have the key? I said, I know how to get out of them, I don't need the key. And she went, well, where's the key? I went, back home. She went, well, let's go to the hotel and get it. I went, no, no, you don't understand. Not the hotel, back home in like, London and she goes right we must be able to get out of them and she squeezes the handcuffs a bit tighter for some reason and the wrists start going blue after a while it's like this is not good it's like madam man help it's like right so we have to call the emergency services I call the emergency services and go hi I'm a magician out here on a Hindu doing magic uh we've got a slight issue it's like right what's this I said there's a magic trick I do that involves handcuffs uh the bridesmaids taking them out of my pocket without me knowing and has handcuffed the bride to the railings by the river. And they're like, right. I said, you've got to be quick because they've tightened it by mistake and her wrists are going blue. It's like, have you got a key? I went, 
not with me. It's back in London. Um, so it's like, fine, about three, four minutes later, although, to be honest, it seemed just a bit longer, uh, three fire engines turn up. <laughs> and it's like, why are there three fire engines? It's like, oh yeah, I remember on the phone call, I went, I'm a magician, I'm doing a hen they've handcuffed the bride to the railings by the river. Of course, everyone wants to see this. Uh, and the police come down as well, just for wondering what's happened, just make sure it's nothing dodgy. <laughs> Which it kind of looks a bit dodgy, and the crowd's forming at this point, and the firemen go, if you don't have a key, we're going to have to cut it. And it's like, okay, fine. So they get this kind of almost angle grinder sort of thing out and kind of go through the handcuffs. And uh, yeah, it was just kind of one of those moments that goes, you know what? This will probably never happen again. And now like, there's a little pin you can push in the handcuff, which locks it. Uh, so when I'm not doing the trick, I can push that pin in, which stops it opening. And just before I do the trick, I can undo it. And I now carry the key with me. I thought that was the end of it. Uh, it was a really fun evening. I flew back the day, next day. And uh, a couple of months later, I was doing the wedding and they were doing the speeches and everything like that. And the bridesmaid stood up. The reason I'm laughing is, I know the bride, we're still in contact, uh, she listened to this podcast. But it's like, as long as I don't give names, it's fine. And uh, they go, like, thanks to the Magic Man for providing all the entertainment. It's like, well, here's some entertainment that a lot of you won't have seen. And there's a TV in the corner, and they play the video of her being handcuffed to the railings. Um, but it was the first time that I saw how they got the handcuffs out. Because the handcuffs were a bit high up in the pocket. And uh, they literally put their finger in and lift up. Uh, it was loud in Dublin and everything like that. We were chatting, and I just didn't notice. My fault. Um, and the amount of people who went... Magic man, teach us. It's like, you get paid to do this. You get paid to have fun. It's like, I certainly do. So that, <laughs> that's the handcuff trick. <laughs> Any questions? So the next story originates with me going aboard. I can't remember whether I was going on holiday or flying out to an event. I have a feeling it was a holiday. So uh, I get to the airport, go to the lounge and everything like that just to relax. And uh, I'm doing a bit of magic in the lounge for people. Uh, and then it's like, right, now boarding at gate like 14 or something like that. And... Uh, I go down, we board the aircraft, and as I'm flying club, which is like right at the front, um, I'm one of the first people on the flight. I get on, take my seat, and I always love the window seat. Who else loves the window seat? This is something nice. It also means you can have a nap, and everyone else can get up. And uh, people are boarding, and I'm there shuffling packs of cars, like messing around, because it's, it's just really nice, rather than just sitting there reading the instruction manual that I've read thousands of times. And uh, a woman gets on, Sits down and uh, sees myself and she went, oh, you're a magician? Like, yeah. I said, do you want to see something? She went, oh, I'd love to. So uh, I started doing a few tricks and stuff like that. People are still boarding the aircraft. Um, and I get to choose a card. I go, look, here's something. And I take the card and I throw the pack against the window. And the card goes through the window. And uh, <laughs> wait for it, it gets better. And she goes, can you take it off? And she goes to take the card. And the card's literally on the other side. She went, how did you do that? I said, well, there's a little button you can press that opens up the window. It kind of, it swivels it round. She's like, sorry? I said, it's how they kind of clean the windows as well. There's a little button, they push it, and it flips the window round. So when you choose a card, I said, I put it on, flip the window round. And she started to go kind of white. And I was like, uh-oh. And she pushes the call button. Nothing wrong with that, apart from people are still boarding. <laughs> and <laughs> the cabin crew going, is there a problem? It's like... Uh, this man just opened up the window. She went, excuse me? So like, this man just opened up the window. Went, 
madam, you can't open up a plain window. They are, like, fully sealed. She went, well, can you explain how the card I chose is on the other side? And she has a look at the window, and she leans across and tries to get it. And is like, how does it get to the other side? I said, uh, you know, you just open up the window, stick it, and then close it again. And she goes, no, seriously, how do you do it? I said, it's a magic trick. I said, in theory, I could explain, but I'd rather not. And uh, at this point, you could kind of see the cabin crew going, what is going on? Uh, another one came and went, is there a problem? It's like, yeah, this gentleman just opened up a window. And as she said, you could see the look on her face going, you can't open up a window. So uh, she went, right, bear with us. So everyone finishes boarding, and they're doing like the last pre-flight checks or whatever they call it. And <laughs> the stewardess goes into the cockpit, and I thought, this is it. I'm being offloaded. Like, what have you done? I've opened up a window. And the pilot comes out, and I recognise him um, from our days back in security and stuff like that. And he looks at me and goes, what have you done? I said, I put a car through the window. He's like, cool. Did you lock it again? And I went, yeah. <laughs> and he went, perfect. And went back into the cockpit. Uh, meanwhile, the woman next to me is now looking like she's about to have a heart attack. And that's not what I want. Uh, but there's nothing they can do because the pilot's gone. Yeah, okay. And she went, I, I can't sit here. I need to move seats. And they went, unfortunately, the only seat available is in economy. Uh, and she went, fine, I'll take it. And they went, right, you've got to stay in this seat for takeoff. Um, but then as soon as the seatbelt signs off, we can move you back. But then you've got to be back in the seat for landing. And she went, fine. So we take off and we're climbing and uh, we're getting to about 6,000 feet. So the seatbelt signs aren't off yet. And I went, if you want to kind of see something really cool. <laughs> in hindsight, I shouldn't have done it, but I thought I'm never going to do this trick again. <laughs> um, I put my hand over the window and pulled the card back through uh, and gave it to her. And she was pushing the call button, going, I need to move now. Uh, and a few minutes later, she moved. Um, I didn't give her a business card. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that trick would never be done again. I can do it in bars and stuff like that. But uh, I would not recommend putting a card through an aircraft window. And when they go, how do you do that? Go, I just open up the window. But don't worry, I locked it. So the final story for this week's podcast is the time that I was doing magic and magic convention and what that could do with the previous story uh, involves cabin crew. So here we go. Uh, there's a magic convention I go to every January. It's like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There's lots of magic. There's lots of sessioning. There's also a lot of alcohol. And on the Sunday night, there's one big gala show uh, and then everyone has a few more drinks and goes home. So uh, I say goes home. Wait for it. This gets a bit better. So... <laughs> So I call home going, just about to go to the gala show, it's like nine o'clock or something like that. Um, I'm going to stay for one or two more drinks and then I'll come home. Uh, I ended up getting home about three o'clock in the morning. This is why. We leave the gala show uh, and it was a really good show and I go and I have one drink and go home. Uh, and then we get a drink with like a few of the other magicians, we have a chat and everything like that. And then I see a table full of cabin crew who are obviously kind of either just finished work or getting ready for work the next day. Uh, and people are doing magic. I come up, do a bit of magic, and I start doing my card under box routine. Now, for some reason, when I've been drinking, my brain just goes on like automatic pilot and does the most amazing magic that I'm kind of, I shouldn't be able to do when I've had that much to drink. But I don't drink when I'm working, so it's always good. So uh, I get them to choose a card, sign a card and everything like that. And it's going in the pack, it's coming up to the top, it's going underneath the box. Uh, and there's a bottle of wine on the table and a glass next to it, full. Um, and we're halfway through the trick and it's all going really well. And I pick up the glass, down the glass of red wine. 
not the best idea, but in the moment it seemed like the right thing to do. Uh, and then someone else goes, but you haven't let me choose a card. So all of a sudden I'm now getting like multiple people to choose a card. Multiple cards are going in, multiple cards are coming up, cards going underneath the box. They're lifting the box up. <laughs> We're then taking those three cards, putting those back in. They're checking underneath the box to make sure the cards aren't there. The three cards go in, they shuffle, uh, I snap, the three cards appear back underneath the box. And they go, hang on, who drank the wine? I went, I thought it was mine. It was in glass that was just sitting there. She went, that was ours. So, oh, sorry, get another um, bottle in and I'll continue doing magic. And they're like, yeah, okay. So I'm basically being supplied with free alcohol now. It's like, this is the way to go, people. Uh, doing what I love. Uh, and then I'm doing this stick trick. I'm doing some coin tricks. And they go, do the one underneath the box again. And more and more people are coming to see what's going on because it's getting louder and louder. So now the table, it's one of those big, long tables, has probably got a couple of hundred people around it. We're doing card under box. Some other magicians are doing it. And we are frying these cabin crew. Like, they don't know what's happening. It's got to the point where we're not sure what's happening. It's like, this is probably the longest routine I've ever done with this much alcohol in the system. And, uh, yeah, all of a sudden they go, one minute. And they take out their pack of cards. Like, I can't remember what the airline was. It wasn't British Airways or anything like that. And they go, do it with this one. And it's like, okay. So they give me that. Uh, I get them to choose a card. And uh, the card goes in. I snap my fingers. And they look underneath the box. And it's like, oh, it didn't work. And I went, hang on a minute. I said, reach into my back pocket. You'll find my wallet. Take the wallet out. Now, inside the wallet is a zipper compartment. They open up the zipper compartment. And they pull out their card. At this moment, they kind of go... <laughs> well, it's a kind of, I don't swear on this podcast, but you can fill in the blanks like, beep, there you go. Uh, and they were like, I said, if you think that's good, and I went, watch the pack, and I kind of do this quick hand movement, and it's like, and the pack goes. I'm like, well, where's the pack gone? And one of them go, it's underneath the box. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, one of the top tips, or something that I'm proud of, like when I come up with new magic and stuff like that, is if you learn a trick as it's taught in a DVD, that's the way you'll do it forever. I take other people's methods. So Darren Brown does a nice version. There's a chat called James Brown who's got a nice version. There's bits that I've added because it's like, this is, I want to make it more like mine. But I do it, I jazz with it. I kind of see what the audience are thinking, see where they're looking, and I improvise as I'm on the go. And it's one of my favourite effects to do. If ever you see me and I've got a table nearby, I will quite happily show you. Anyway, that has been episode five of Magic Talks. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've had really good fun going over all these stories. In next week's episode, I have a guest who has done costumes for Star Wars, Batman, Harry Potter, Doctor Who, you name it, she's done it. So if you've got any questions about what goes into making a costume or films or anything like that, let me know. Drop me a message on my Instagram. Just search for Magic Man London. Drop me a message on there. If you can do it before Tuesday the 4th, that would be great. Yes, ironically, I'm recording that episode on May the 4th and she's worked on Star Wars. What a coincidence, or is it? Anyway, look after yourselves and I will see you next week for episode 6 of Magic Talks. <laughs>